Hey everyone, thank you for joining the special episode of The Green Life. So today's an episode that I've been dreading for a while because um, I was asked to do it a while ago and I kind of put it off, but I feel like it's time to do it and it's uh, my story. So I don't have any guests today, the guest is me, uh, and I'll be sharing why I got into health and what's going on. Now I want to just give a little heads up, I'm being 41, I feel like I've lived a few lives and I don't have a standard upbringing that I can um, say that it was really easy um, to kind of share. So I'm going to give you highlights um, without going into many details about some things because it just feels that it would take forever, but also maybe it's not relevant right now. It may come up uh, at other times, but I will share what's definitely more important and uh, that can allow you to understand where I'm coming from and why I got into this and my journey, but also the lessons learned. And I hope that anybody that went is going through hard times, whether with food or health or family, can actually relate and um, perhaps take a page out of my book and and really heal, you know, the way that we're all supposed to in order to grow and change. So I'm going to start today the episode, so let's go, let's do it. All right, so um, my family is kind of Italian, South African, so I have um, my mom who's South African Italian, my dad who's fully Italian, so most of me is quite Italian, but I didn't really live there um, in my adult lives and life, and I don't really relate too much, I must say, to many things that I've seen growing up and that could possibly be because I didn't have a very functional family. Um, I think my mother was happy in South Africa and she was yanked out of the country quite early at 15 and so I think she probably felt like she didn't belong and I kind of grew up with that feeling as well but she was very young when she had me, so she met my dad when she was 18, and I grew up with a mother that was very young and really not ready to be a mom, and to be honest, to this day, I don't think she's really ready to be a mom, but um, I kind of grew up with a dysfunctional family, if you want to call it, uh, in the sense that the roles were not really defined, and why I'm starting there is because my health issues and my eating disorders that came later are really, really connected to that, and I came about that understanding not long ago um, but I also kind of had a lot of healing to do and I always kind of give the problems on the surface and someone said to me you know you have to share the truth about everything in order for people to actually know that you're authentic because that way they can relate and also it makes people feel better when we know that not everybody's family is perfect They're actually most families are not so um, that was really a good uh, advice that I kind of had to digest and take in because I've been really reserved about many things my whole life. But I feel that it's really important to uh, to share uh, authentically. So um, my role as a child was really to be responsible. I was the firstborn and I, I kind of had to be responsible of everything. I was responsible for looking after the house and uh, sometimes um, kind of we had to cook some things that we could cook um, but we thankfully had my grandmother that was present and she really was the mother figure. My mom was, my birth mother was very very uh, young and uh, she had some issues of her own that she was facing, um, trauma and um, 
she had eating disorders as well. So she used to be a bulimic uh, up to not very long ago, actually, and now she's 50-something. Um, she used to be a bulimic, and we kind of saw the binging and the purging as we were growing up. Maybe a little more me than my sister. She was a little more sheltered, but um, she also saw a lot. So the role for me became to basically look after my mom uh, to the extent that I could as a child, right? So I didn't have a very linear childhood. And my dad was working, he was providing, and in all his best efforts, he was doing what um, most men in the family do. But he wasn't a good moral campus as a parent because him and my mom were unhappy. They were fighting a lot. They were quite violent to each other sometimes, which we witnessed, which is not easy to do either. And there was this uh, battle between the two, basically, where my dad was buying our affection by buying us toys and, for the love of God, giving us a lot of sugar. And I can tell you something that just knowing what I know now about the, um, well, the, the way that sugar affects the, you know, the, the brain, it makes total sense that uh, we kind of like my dad because he, he, he gave us those hits of dopamine when um, when we were running because a chocolate and candy and whatever. So um, we had this battle. So it wasn't very linear. We spent weekends with my dad and then the week with, at home, but mostly with my grandmother, which was God sent. So my, my grandmother was the one that um, really allowed us to grow up with some sense of direction. But the dysfunctional family that we had and the sense of and looking at our parents, because, you know, children with, ch children mimic their parents in many ways. I felt like I was not uh, very balanced as a child. So, or as an adult, actually, for the most part, until I got to my 30s. And now I'm going through another phase. So when I, uh, we, we lived in Italy a little bit, and then we moved to South Africa. Um, that was the best thing that my mom did for herself, to be honest. But sadly, she doesn't have... Um, she doesn't have resilience when it comes to really bring being on her feet. And she has, again, a lot of trauma that she hasn't dealt with. I'm not going to go into details about this first of all because it's not my place to at this point. I'm just going to talk about how things affected me directly, but not so much about her struggle because it's someone else's life. But um, her and I don't really have a good relationship anymore or have a relationship anymore. And the reason is... Um, my role as the adult wasn't just when I was a child, which is not good, uh, but it kind of went on as I grew up. So I always had to have, it was very dysfunctional. So I'd never felt like I had a mother that looked after my, me and um, that really nurtured me. I just saw this basically older teenager that I was looking up at and calling mom. So when my grandmother, yeah, because of that kind of, dysfunctional upbringing I didn't really appreciate what my, my grandmother did ever up to later now in life and when she passed away to be honest and uh and even then it took me about four years to really process everything and even find that peace but as I became a teenager hormones kick in and uh you know I was kind of and it's I was finding escapes I was finding that I was kind of following a little bit the direction of my mom trying to find uh, someone to look after me but at the same time, because I, have, well, I was the one that looked after everybody, I had a very 
masculine energy about me so the one that always controlled and always took charge because I didn't trust that other people especially adults could do it for me um but that made me quite sour in many ways as well because I also kind of stopped believing in the most high and um for a while I even I was proudly saying that there was nothing um which made me feel empty, but I kind of didn't recognize it at the time because I was keeping myself busy with many, many things. So you can just get the picture. I was really messed up. And then add to that the fact that I had this uh, example of eating disorder uh, my whole life. And so I started also dieting when I was maybe 14. I was always sporty. I was playing kind of a semi-professional volleyball. And um, I was... Uh, fit um i i kind of was always 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 moving but with hormones changing your body does change and that you go from a body of a child that is quite straight lined to curves and obviously more fat because of estrogen and so i obviously i had this fo- this picture of myself that was quite dysmorphic and i i actually still suffer from body dysmorphia i'll be honest with you um, I still look at myself and it takes me a while to actually talk myself down and not talk to myself in an unkind way and see things that are not there. So, um, you will never see me on the beach with a bikini, let's just put it that way. I'm really, really self-conscious about that and I know it's not positive, but I'm, I'm aware of it and I'm working towards it. I'm really quite discreet as well, so it's not that I want to be flaunting everything out, but... I do realize that I don't value myself like and I see other people that perhaps are overweight and perhaps are do have fat rolls and they're proud of them and I'm, that I'm really like okay that's amazing but you know it's not about skinny or not it's the fact that I just see my body in a very distorted way and that came from having a mother that always told me that I wasn't as delicate as my sister and then had an eating disorder. So I started dieting at 14 and then training really hard and um, I kind of gained weight, again muscle. So because I'm quite muscly and I can easily gain muscle, I saw myself a little bigger and I moved to Mauritius with my mom and her husband. And in um, Mauritius, I just felt like an outsider already uh, because I wasn't from there. It's a very small community. They all know each other. They all grow up with each other they all kind of married to each other I mean god knows but I also um had my I I was the fattest kid like most people on the beach there really are they were skinny like really skinny and my mother used to obviously tell me that I you know I was overweight and I had to kind of lose weight and I was into that my sister who's very different to me she's actually very she she was a very skinny child I mean she barely ate anything I I love my food even as a child um but she she barely ate anything so she was quite skinny and um and basically I had this comparison and it wasn't every day but like the message was quite prominent and so I started dieting again at 16 uh going into 17 and within two months I lost 20 kilos so I went yeah, I went from twenty, from sixty-three kilos to um, to forty-three, and um, I was anorexic. I wasn't eating anything, and I was spending my mornings looking at myself in the mirror and counting how many bones I could see in my back, and 
and really being obsessive about it. I didn't want to eat anything. I had a very strict intake of um, of food. I I was actually eating breakfast, and I remember my breakfast was um, you'll you'll laugh at this, but it was the the whole grain cereal um, with uh, pineapple juice. I wasn't even adding dairy at the time, which I was generally, but uh, pineapple juice. Um, and that was my breakfast. And then if I had anything later, it would be like, I don't know, um, maybe some rice. I wasn't really eating anything. I didn't really have the concept of what's good, what's not. I was just not eating. I was uh, obviously also read a book at the time that was talking about how fats were bad for you. So I was avoiding fats, all fats. Um, then I read a book later that was about carbohydrates being bad for you. So I kind of didn't eat that. It was really terrible. I was just, oh my gosh, I went through so many diet books. Um, but that was the spark, the interest in me of learning about nutrition. Um, I'll buy it. I was obviously learning it from a bad place, but, um, it kind of started that, that feeling that I could learn more and I should learn more. Um, I was self-learning for a while. But anyway, I, I was anorexic and I was also exhausted. So I didn't sleep at night very well. Food was all I was thinking about, I'll be honest. But also it was uncomfortable. Like my bones were touching the mattress. It was just not comfortable. And um, I was very tired during the day. So around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, especially on my drive back home from school. Uh, and I was driving down with one of my teachers who was my neighbor as well. I was always falling asleep and she, everybody kind of noticed. So um, there was a little intervention by the school who called my mother. Um, and by the way, this was funny, but the school was asking if I had HIV because I lost so much weight. <laughs> she had to explain that actually, no, I was anorexic. <laughs> so the school kind of started supporting me. Um, also because I wasn't doing PT, uh, which was OP. Um, which was a physical exercise school, like the class I was avoiding, like the plague, and I didn't have the energy to do it. So they were like, this is a bad mark, you have to do it, and I just didn't want to do it. Um, so anyway, it took about a couple of years, and I started coming out of it, and I remember a friend of my mother, Erica, who was from South Africa, she really helped me uh, kind of get a little more in balance. She, she helped me um, eat well and explained you know, how to cook certain foods in a certain way. She obviously had more knowledge. She wasn't a nutritionist, but she was what we now would call an influencer, probably, like a healthy living influencer. Um, so she was advanced in that way and really helped me out. Um, and I started eating again, but I then also had moments of binging. So uh, taking a page out of my birth mother's book, I was basically sometimes binging and then purging. I didn't like it, I'll be honest, it was the most awful effort ever, um, but I was doing it because I felt that that's what, that was the only way I could actually enjoy some food, naughty food, I was calling it, and then not be feeling guilty about it. Um, so I carried on doing that for a very long time, so I moved to London after school, um, no sorry, I moved to... Italy after school, I went to university in Italy. Uh, I'm just thinking about London because I feel like that's my memory was more prominent there. But um, at university, I was actually quite okay for a little while. And then I started binging again on chocolate. I mean, I have friends that will remember me having a lot of candy bars in one day. Um, and then really, really like being obsessed about it and then not eat for a while. And then 
to go out all night and dance all night so I can burn the calories off. I mean, it was insane. <laughs> so um, I, but I also went wild at university. I had like a lot of fun. I didn't drink, but I had all this energy probably from sugar and I partied like a crazy person. So um, I kind of had fun and I, can't, I don't regret that part because I feel like that's really, I lived my 20s, but what, I, what was going on in my private life behind closed doors wasn't great. At this point, I didn't really, I, I didn't really, well, I didn't believe in anything, so I felt quite empty, but also, you know, I, I felt like I didn't want to deal with my emotional anything, and I was also talking to my mother every day still, and being her support system through the things she was going through, so that role hadn't changed, and I think that was probably putting a lot of pressure on me that I didn't realize until later, um, and I kind of grew up with that, you know, cycle. And then when I moved to London, South Africa, then London, South Africa picked up quite a bit of weight. I went back home um, in 2002, 2003, uh, after university, and I kind of picked up a little bit of weight there and then felt quite uneasy and unhappy and went to London for a year. I wanted to study to become, well, I, I studied political science before I didn't like it and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So... My stepdad advised that I got into arts, um, so I went to theater school in London for a while, but I just didn't feel like that was for me, um, mostly because I was hearing that uh, all actors are pretty much broken up to work in a restaurant. I'm like, well, I love restaurants, but I don't want to really work in it, and if I want to have a job that I can't do and I have to do something else, why am I studying this? So I went back to South Africa for a couple of more years. I was in a relationship with a lovely guy, um, but we were very different, and uh, I also wasn't in the right place, and I think he probably observed the relationship I had with my mother, and my mother alone, and um, that scared him, and I don't blame him, I didn't see it at the time, but right now I can actually go back and think about it, it scared him, so, and it is scary if you think about it. So we broke up after a couple of, after a year and a bit, and I moved back to London. It's time to stay, um, and I had a great way in London. Like I was working, and I was, uh, you know, uh, self-sufficient, and I was happy to do that. And I got into finance, um, but I was still unhappy, and I still hadn't. De I, had, I had not dealt with any of my feelings, any of my emotions, any of my emotional and spiritual struggles although by that time I started actually discovering that my relationship with the most time was a little bit better and I, I believed I didn't have a solid relationship but I believed and I always said it I actually do believe in God and I believe in Yeshua HaMashiach or Jesus Christ what has been translated as and at the time I obviously called him Jesus but um, now I know better, I know his name, um, and uh, the most high, his name is Yahuwah, so I called them by their name, but anyway, so I, I believed in God, and I believed in his son, and I just wasn't religious, and I was very much more spiritual, so I started reading a little bit of self-help books while I was still, well, binging, uh, and purging, and kind of dealing with the things that I've been doing for my whole life. And then I also um, started training really, really hard. So I spent about two hours a day, seven days a week in the gym. And I was doing one hour cardio, one hour weights, 
and it was religious for me. In fact, I really avoided socializing after work because I wanted to go to the gym. Not that, not that I regret that because to be honest with you, I didn't drink, I don't drink, so um, I didn't really want to go socializing in the pub, but I also missed out on some opportunities to get to know co-workers and, um, you know, and probably advancing my career, which again, I wasn't thrilled about because not, I wasn't passionate about it. In the meantime, I was also studying in the background uh, more holistic therapy, nutrition. And that's because going back to South Africa, I actually had a homeopath. Um, I loved him and I got really interested in that. So I started digging into that and um, it made sense to me. So I kind of became really, really more aware of, uh, of that. And I also studied aromatherapy in South Africa, massage therapy, facials uh, therapy. Like I did so many courses and... Um, in fact, I just signed up for another course to become a holistic nutritionist, which is a, like a blend of herbalism, nutrition, and um, and uh, natural medicine. And um, when I sent all my, when I had to apply and I had to send my CV, I had to send all my certificates. They were like, "Oh my God, you've been busy!" <laughs> and um, I have so many, but I always liked learning. I just after university, I kind of realized that I didn't want to learn in one place because for a long time and they spend a massive amount of money in one place because especially things like nutrition and biology, well, not so much biology, but nutrition and science do tend to change because we discover new things all the time. So biology in a way, yes, it does change because we understand it better. But of course, I'm talking about the, the basics, like what, is that, what a cell is. We know that that doesn't change, but how it works it does change because we're learning more and more. So I was always interested in that. And, and so I've been, I'm, I'm always studying, but I, so I was reading these books and being more interested in, and doing courses. And at 30, I realized that I was not healthy. And I thought I was, you know, I was working out two hours a day, which was shutting my adrenal glands. I wasn't able to lose weight. I was retaining to a lot of fat. Uh, now, I was never overweight in the sense of being obese, but I had visceral fat uh, covering my muscles and I had fat all over my body covering my muscle muscles. And that is not good because um, that means your body is not in balance. I had a prominent uh, prominence in estrogen, so my hormones were all over the place. And then I forgot to tell you that I also been on the pill since I was 18. And when I tried to come off it at 23, I broke out in acne, so I had to go back in it with Androcure, which was an androgen um, balancer. And uh, so I was also on uh, basically uh, hormones. So at 30, I didn't feel well, and I kind of came to an impasse, and I thought, what am I doing myself here? I also at the time met uh, my now husband, and we were dating, and he kind of brought a lot of balance in my life because he was much, much calmer. And I kind of started dealing with a lot of the emotional stuff that was going on in my life and kind of getting more balanced, which I hadn't done for a while because I was always running around trying to party and trying to get occupied. So I didn't have to think about my feelings and also burn energy. I mean, I, my thought process was very skewed. Um, so when I learned him, when I met him, I learned that I was not very balanced. And um, that I actually had to start paying attention. And I really cared for my relationship with him. He was, you know, a very good person. Now, we didn't have, it wasn't like perfect. Um, you know, he had to grow, I had to grow. But his heart was pure and I kind of knew that. So 
I wanted to make sure that I invested in that relationship quite a bit. So I started looking after myself and uh, learning new things. And then I came across, I was in banking at the time still, and I came across, this is now 2011, uh, but 2012, I came across a course um, at IIN uh, in New York, and I wanted to do it. It was a health coaching course. And I thought, you know, I'm always helping people. I'm always sharing information. And I really want to do this professionally. And I want to start somewhere. So where do I start? And I'm actually really happy I did that course because although I don't think it's a course that can really prepare you for being on your feet completely, it does introduce you to so many people that you should learn from. So experts, writers, authors, but also to the to the thought that there are many, many ways to look at health and not just one and really open your mind and make you understand what's going on. So I really felt that, wow, okay, this is good for me. And in the process of learning all that, I started really feeling like I was healing myself. And then I listened to uh, one of the speakers for us, one of the lecturers was uh, Neil Barnard, Dr. Neil Barnard. And as he came in and talked about diabetes um, and plant-based diets, it really shifted my perception as to what I've been told for my whole life. And one reason was I had taken my blood tests a couple of years before and my doctors told me, look, you are, you're a little bit insulin resistant. I wasn't, I wasn't excessively or terribly. And at at the time, probably now, what, um, almost 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago, it wasn't, you know, the doctor wasn't like going out straight out and saying, you're pre-diabetic, <laughs> like just insulin resistant. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? Well, you need to cut out sugar, which I had done and my sugar wasn't going down. My glucose wasn't going down. I was still insulin resistant. And also my my cholesterol is too high. Now, I, my diet at this point was quite clean, okay, apart from my binging episodes, which by the way, really stopped when I met my now husband. Um... I didn't do that anymore. I was really enjoying my meals with him and eating. Yeah, I was. I wasn't. I just went away without thinking, which is great. But I, um, I still had high cholesterol, and we were eating really, really clean by the standards of, I guess, general nutrition. So we we're having fish and white meats because they were leaner. Lots of vegetables, whole grains, um, occasionally beautiful desserts. They skim milk instead of full milk and very little cheese, mostly goats or mozzarella. So, you know, by all standards, we by those natural, normal, normal, normalized, I should say, standards, we were eating a really clean, healthy diet. But my body wasn't healthy and I wasn't feeling bad because I was only 30, but I was definitely um, not feeling great. So, um, I kind of listened to Dr. Barnard and I thought, you know, I think actually I need to do this. So in 2013, I went plant-based. So eating exactly the way we did, like cooking from scratch and mostly vegetable, but I swapped every animal product for beans and other nuts and seeds. And so I just felt the best I've ever felt. But what mostly really... like really made me feel great is one my IBS which I had for years because I didn't mention that as a child I was 
given antibiotics every year for throat infections. And so by, by the time I was 20, I was as constipated as one can be. But I, I got rid of it. It went away. And then I sort of started, um, so I, I felt much better with that. And then I also realized that I didn't want to binge anymore, not even occasionally, which already had been much better, gone away in a way when I met Kyle, but sometimes I still did it. Not often, so I, you know, but it didn't, I didn't feel guilty about the food, so I didn't want to purge and I didn't binge. I was just enjoying my food and eating sizable amounts that were really balanced. So I really thought, oh wow. And then the feeling in me also went away that I was always angry and I had this pent up energy that I knew wasn't mine, but I didn't know where it came from. And I really now believe understanding the energetics of food that it came from the animals that were slaughtered and the fish that were caught because we sentient beings are feel everything. And they know animals are much more in touch with their intuition than we are. So they feel when that is coming, when danger is coming and also the cruelty, and they feel the energy of the other animals around them. So I think I was just picking, I was ingesting all that. And um, I also started feeling like I did not want to take the pill anymore. I was still scared of stopping because I thought I would have acne again. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this because now I'm eating a a diet that is anti-inflammatory, that doesn't have dairy, which has pus in it. And uh, my gut is better, so maybe it will be fine. And lo and behold, I stopped the pill and it was fine. Um, Now, it took me a couple of years to stop the pill. I didn't straight up stop the pill when I went plant-based, which I was 2013 with some cheat days. And I can tell you exactly when I decided that I would never have animal products again. 2013, November was Thanksgiving and we were in New York uh, with um, Carl's mom. And she made a turkey that was um, smoked and so it tasted amazing the year before but I hadn't had meat for about a year a month and a half and um when I tasted it for the first time in my life I actually tasted flesh it tasted like flesh so I my brain just like whoa hold on and I didn't go vegan for any reason but my health because I didn't really understand the ethical part of it yet but when I tasted that I really it it really hit me wow this is an animal and it's funny to say now because I'm like duh of course (laughs) but I never thought of meat as this thing that was living before I ate it so I had that I was like I'll never have this stuff again ever and um and then that was it and when I went you know maybe I had a couple of times goat cheese in January maybe February, then we went to to India in the spring, May, or May, and uh, there I just, yeah, I just, I was like, that's it, I'm, I'm definitely 100% full plant-based, so um, it was a transition, a little bit of a transition, but pretty much cold turkey straight up, but with those little cheats in between that just reiterated that I was doing the right thing, and then about the time I graduated from, um, from IIN, I also wrote a book, which was given a the the health, the living health plan, which it was my first book, and I really love it. And I'm actually working on um, um, an edited version that I don't know if I'm gonna keep the same um, the same title, but in a way I want to. And 
I started Live Lean at the time because it made sense to be like living. So live, living, lean. I didn't mean just in our body look, like being lean, but also our life, like decluttering and have this lean life that doesn't have bulk of things that don't matter. And that was the emotional bulk that I was talking about. So lean has got also this this meaning. And then health, because, well, we want to be healthy. And it comes from shedding all that extra weight, emotional weight, but also our physical weight. And I'm really of the opinion that our body knows what weight we should be. And some of us, like I am bigger um, than some skinny milinky, <laughs> And that's okay because that's my physique. But what I'm looking at is what do I hold on? Do I have fat where it's not supposed to be that can actually give me health problems? Or is it really just the shape of my body? And um, I... You know, I learned that and I was like, okay, this is good. And for a little while, I must say, I started loving my body a lot more and even the way that I looked. And it was really empowering and really good to feel that. Um, But then, so I lived, I actually have to go back up a little. I, I lived that way for a while and I was studying also to become a yoga teacher in 2014. 2015, I graduated uh, as a yoga teacher as well, and I left my bank, my banking job. So I had uh, made sure that I saved money. Was living with Kyle at this time, so he was helping as well. He was covering the rent, and I was covering food and expenses. And you know, I just realized, okay, I have to tighten up on certain things, and it wasn't difficult to do that. And he was very supportive in paying the rent because it was the biggest expense. And then the rest, I mean, I still spent quite a bit of money when it came to food. And supplements because I always wanted to eat the right things but it was always money well spent it never felt like that you know that I didn't have enough and I actually got rid of things that really I didn't need so buying clothing and learning that actually it's more sustainable to use clothing for a very long time swap or buy in a charity shop if you need to which I never did because I never needed to buy anything new uh, aside from when I started buying yoga clothing um, and um, at the time I really didn't realize that there were options that were more eco-friendly than the plastic that we always wear. So in, I know I say plastic, but it is plastic. Um, but I was also given a lot of freebies as a yoga teacher, so I appreciated that. And uh, I kind of really started getting on my feet and started working a lot in London, which is good. And I started working also for a, a nice uh, studio called Hardcore and then managed the yoga there for a while. And in the process, my relationship with Kyle was changing and like you know developing. Uh, we went through a little bit of hardship, uh, but he, we came out on the other side. For like, and again, I went back to that place when I didn't deal with my emotions in 2016, 2017, and uh, it bit me in the ass later. But um, I'm coming to that. So, but overall, we grew to a better place. We got married in 2017. And then we decided that we wanted to get out of the city, which I've been actually drumming on for over a year, but he wasn't hearing me until he got the same message. We really feel like we met an angel in Glastonbury when we went for our mini moon, a mini honeymoon after our wedding. And uh, this woman, we met her twice in a day and she kept on saying to us, you need to get out of the city. We knew that was a message. That was a message. And honestly, like, the woman woman must have been an angel. She appeared in two different places, like, randomly and talked to us. Like, she had this message for us. 
Um, so we started looking at buying a property. Now, at the time, our plans were very different to now. Like we wanted to have a place where we could do retreats, so that income that I could still work. But also, we thought about keeping our life in London, so going up and down every two weeks. Especially Kyle, because he lived, he worked in um, in finance still. But he also went. He left uh, the big bank we were working for, and um, started kind of consulting or doing his own consulting company. But at the same time, also spending more time studying, learning about the Most High and truth, which has been hidden from us. And I'm not going to go into that today because. It's not the episode for it, but I, I'm going to hint to it. Truth that has been hidden from us about everything. Uh, truth that is scattered, so things that I've learned in uh, what they call New Age, which is not New Age. Um, it's, uh, it's true, but obviously hijacked, and then who real Israel is. Uh, everything. It's amazing. History. I mean, the, the amount of things we learned... Um, and at this point, I don't even care if people think oh, it's conspiracy theory or whatever, or whatever I'm talking about. But you know what? Everything has been proven over and over again. If people want to look and study, they can do it. When they don't, they don't. And you can't change a mind that is ignorant and unwilling. So I'm not even going to go there. But I, I know I saw Kyle develop. And I wasn't ready to do that at the time because I was busy. So he was doing that. We got this project. And I kind of managed the project myself because, well, I spoke... Italian and some sort of Spanish and French, which a lot of people here in Portugal speak. We decided on Portugal because for us it made sense it was the same time zone as London. So Portugal is on, well, like a lot of European countries actually is on the GMT, but they, Portugal didn't adopt the Central European time. Um, so they stayed with GMT. So it's the same time as, uh, as London. And um, so that made sense for us, made life easier. And also it was so easy to fly from London to Porto. So we are in the north of Portugal now. And uh, and we wanted to just do that. And the project was was stressful because I was going up and down with between London and Portugal every two weeks. At the same time, I was working in London and having responsibilities. And then I was also... Uh, getting stressed because if anybody worked with a with a builder you know what that is and during this time my diet was okay because I kind of I was still eating at home when I was home and here I was while well, eating at very healthy restaurants because the vegan scene is very basic so I was eating in a way microbiotic food when I was here so it really worked well um, but when we when we realized that we had to be here full-time and we moved here I think I had this uh sort of shock I had to leave everything in London I felt like people didn't really care that I was leaving um and uh the company I was working for the studio I was working for you know they replaced me very quickly I felt that way I felt like rejected um well I was like they forgot about me very quickly because I wasn't necessary anymore but also the teachers I was working with I felt like not many of them stayed in touch or cared and um but they were very you know help friendly when they needed me to give them classes there was a lot of that happening and then we moved here and I didn't have a community I felt like I was unseen unknown and I had been covering up a lot of the feelings that I had not dealt with in 2016 and 17 even with my relationship with my husband and um, my eating disorders kind of came in again in a different way this time I was still making healthy meals for the most part but also 
adding things that were not healthy for me. So let's just say that when we moved here in 2019, between 2019 and 2021, I had made myself sick. So I still was vegan, but I had a lot of processed foods. I had a lot of, um, um, well, mostly processed food, like, like cheeses, like in you know, the bio life. Um, a lot of pasta, a lot of rice, which again, even though it was whole, whole grain, I had too much of it, not enough vegetables. I wasn't doing my smoothies anymore. I wasn't doing my juices anymore. I wasn't exercising for a long time. Uh, this up to 2020 though, uh, you know, 2021 is when I really took hold of my health, but 2020, 2020, I didn't, I didn't work out up to 2020. Then, uh, I could see my body changing not in a positive way but more than that before I even noticed my body which honestly I don't know how it did it uh, before I was feeling fatigued so tired I woke up in the morning exhausted I went to bed exhausted I was dragging myself doing things I had no energy um, and then I, I started getting weight around my weight and then by 2021 this is when I started seeing my legs were literally blobs 2021 January. Well, I started noticing earlier, like November 2020. Um, they were these, my legs were like these columns that were straight, no shape, full of fluid. This is the best way I can describe it. When I saw myself in the mirror and I noticed that, I thought, okay, what is going on? And I didn't recognize myself. And I thought, for once here, it's not me having my dysmorphia. This is me not looking healthy for the first time. Now, I refused to go for blood tests because I thought if I go for a blood test, I'm sure I'm going to get some results. We will be will be very upsetting, so I'm just going to leave it. But I can tell you something now that, well, I, I definitely wasn't healthy, and I'll get to it in a second. I felt tired. I also felt nauseous. I, I just didn't feel good. I don't even remember everything that I felt. I just knew, no, I didn't feel good. And... Um, in 2020, well, lockdown happened, so by June, I reached out to some of my clients from London, and I asked them if they wanted to do online classes. In one way, it was for me to have a community, when because I, I, I really missed teaching, and the other way was for me to exercise as well. And uh, I started doing more and more, and I felt better like physically to exercise, but I didn't feel good yet. And then in 20, when I noticed that my... In at the end of 2021, 2020, when I noticed that my body was looking that way still, even though I was working a little bit more, working out a little bit more, I thought, okay, my liver is not doing well. And I started actually cleansing it. Within a couple of months, that fluid in my legs had disappeared, and I started losing a little bit of weight, and I felt really happy about it, and I started also feeling more muscle tone. So by 2021, February, I started seeing my now physician is an integrative doctor who was actually on the show, uh, Andrea Morim, who was talking about cancer. And um, I went to see him and he, we didn't do blood tests at the time, but he could look at my blood and, and he also did a body scan with a um, thermo, thermo scan and he told me, well, you're on your side of the gallbladder and the pancreas. There's a little bit of inflammation, so I've been taking some herbs for that. I did deworming, detoxing, 
and gradually, 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 I've been getting better and better. And then I also went to see my holistic dentist who told me that one of my root canal, well, the only root canal I had was um, giving me problems with the digestive system, which is probably why I also had this very accentuated um, IBS earlier before I went vegan. But uh, no, sorry, I did my root canal after. Um, when I went vegan, after I went vegan, uh, when I didn't eat, if I didn't eat the right thing, like bread, and then boom. Okay, so um, I was unable to digest, but also I started having lumps in my breast, and she said, look, I had the same experience, and I think we need to take this out. Okay, so before that, I kind of had to process and also mourn the loss of my tooth, um, and uh, I decided to do the operation in uh, January, and so I, I also told myself, okay, I haven't been healthy for a while. 2021 has started well with me looking after myself, but I, I want to make sure that I do better. So I started really cleansing my body and preparing for the operation because I had no intention of taking antibiotics or painkillers, which I didn't. And I started really feeling better. And um, I did the operation, went well. And the last, the, la the only part that was really sore was a couple of weeks later when we had to put the implant into my bone and that was painful uh, for a couple of weeks but um, I managed to get over it without any medicine at all only natural medicine and um, I was having a lot of soups and smoothies I couldn't really chew anything and I started losing weight and actually remembering what my body looked like and also feeling better better and better and better energetic and uh, bouncy and then I did get COVID in uh, November, and even that, I spent three weeks recovering. But the first week was when I really had the fever and um, and sore, sore throat, which in five days I kind of got rid of. But then the fatigue for two, three weeks was insane. But that's that's what that virus or whatever it is um, does to you. So I I got over it again only with natural stuff, and I really bring it down to the fact that I was eating healthier. Then I went for my blood test in December 2021 and I got my results in, in, in January because of the holidays and showed up as pre-diabetic. So I've been working on my pre-diabetes since January when I found out. Um, one of the things that I've cut out is um, fat. So I was eating a lot of peanut butter and, and, and nuts and I cut them out because, again, learning from Neil Barnard and other amazing scientists and also the fact that there are 800 at least research papers that show that diabetes is not due to carbohydrates it's not due to sugar but sugar is like the aftermath because we have fat in cells where the fat is not supposed to be like muscle muscle cells so i decided that i was going to really take care of it so i'm due to go for another blood test and i will actually post it on social media as to what happens but I can tell you that I feel different already I feel better I definitely look better and I started really having a six-pack which at 40 um almost 41 I I never thought I had because I never had it when I was 20 so um I had strong abs but I never had the abs so I felt really I feel really good about that and I also started really thinking about um in the process, many things. So one is um, how quickly we can lose our health 
when we are emotionally unbalanced, when we eat poorly, and especially when we eat emo- when we eat emotionally, like I do, um, and I also have to check in with that all the time. I always do. I have to check in with myself the way I, I look for about my the, the way that I look for uh, you know and myself in the mirror, the way that I eat, the way that I really uh, take care of it. So I'm sorry I have the dogs barking in the background. I hope that's not too bad. And so I basically um, kind of had to always check in with myself for not going back to bad habits. But also I had to deal with a lot of emotional stuff. And this is where my mother's relationship came back again. And I realized that I can no longer be in a relationship with my mom or my family at this point. Because it, it stirred up old feelings that I haven't been dealt with. Because no matter how much I work on myself the um the trouble is that they're not working on themselves and so those bad habits and actions come back and I go back feeling things that are triggering me and I also I kind of started understanding more and more about this when I spoke to Dr. Christian Northrop so if you want to check the episode with her on the green life that I'm going through perimenopause so I know I've noticed that my hormones have been changing Uh, things have been changing I'm not complaining it's fine but I really realized that I cannot tolerate things that I used to tolerate before and seeing that I was falling apart my life was falling apart and I didn't really mention other things emotional things that happened in the past few years since 2018 to now to this year um, I kind of really felt like I have to bring myself back to center one of the things that I obviously noticed is that I also my relationship with my husband wasn't going well and we talked about divorce and some fights and I really didn't want to have the same life my parents had because I didn't appreciate that they they didn't work on themselves on the relationship and I didn't want to do that and um, I'm glad that throughout this process and one of the things is I started coaching again, I started doing this podcast, and it brought back my sense of purpose, but also reminded me of the things that I had to work on for myself, which I lost sight of because I got so busy with creating this uh, this farm, and again, we didn't do any retreats because when we had the full packed summer, well, COVID happened, So, but since then, we've really been focusing on regenerative agriculture and really just understanding nature and learning about scriptures learning about the relationship we have with the most high and i cannot tell you how excited i am about that because he clarified so many things that i had been really distorted about so we are today here with basically me still working on my health or working on my health again because as as I really recovered in the past, I brought myself to disease. And I can I am sure, now that I think about it, that I had given myself type 2 diabetes. And I know type 2 diabetes is reversible, obviously without medication, because I didn't really, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure in terms of blood tests, because I didn't want to go for one. I was avoiding it like the plague. But the way I was feeling, um, the symptoms matched that. And considering that I came up pre-diabetic, so I think I'm just reversing from what I was um it makes a lot of sense knowing biology knowing um ailments and knowing my body so it was a fascinating journey for the past two years and 
and I for the past three not two years healing again but I I just feel like it's very important to understand that our body is not invincible and that although we think that once we get healthy we can stay healthy disease is always there if we don't look after ourselves because we take time we are very resilient as humans we take time to get healthy uh, to get uh, sick and we take time to get healthy and we have to have that patience and the thing is that a pill covers up our symptoms but it doesn't make us healthy and I didn't want to do that I want to be healthy and I right now at 40 almost 41 I feel better than I've ever felt in my whole entire life um, I decided to obviously stop some relationships and that has alleviated an amount of stress I cannot even tell you a huge amount of stress and I feel so much more active like I wake up early in the morning I'm always on my feet I can do it I can just go 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 and uh, there are days when I'm tired if I don't sleep well but that's rare and uh, there's a reason for it but they, I don't have fatigue chronic fatigue like I used to so that's a story and why I'm so passionate about this web podcast and why I'm so passionate about living health and why I even called it that, and why I see that the future, um, for me especially as I graduate from the Energetic Energetic Health Institute under the guidance of Dr. Henry Healy, who's been on the um, on the show for a couple a couple of episodes already, I know I I'm gonna I'm really going in the right direction, and that I've learned that yes, there are some very um, you know black and white teachings in the sense that this is the theory this that works but we are so unique that we really have to tap into our personal needs but also we have to be aware that um that our um, our bodies are amazing and that we can get healthy and that it's not just the food it's not just this and that and that it's many many things coming together and that is empowering because if we start learning about the things that affect us, especially the emotional part, I really believe that that's really, really big. We can change so much. So anyway, I'm going to cut it here because the dogs are really not being quiet. And I hope that it was clear enough for you to hear me, but it's very annoying for me. And um, I hope that this inspires you to get healthy. And if you want to know more, get in touch. Um... And of course, you know, just uh, I am not kind of working towards doing private coaching at, uh, with more people. I have enough people to do that because uh, it's really time consuming. But I am working on courses and really um, things that can help people at a bigger scale as well as the book. So I'm really thinking about the way that I can bring this message of empowerment in health to you guys and um, really just grow from here. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that and really just, you know, help where I can. And then everybody really, I believe everybody has to take charge of their health by making commitments to themselves and learning the truth about themselves and, and dealing with it. And, and also I believe in spiritual well-being being extremely important. So I really hope that you'll maybe tap into that, uh, into that too, but I don't discuss that with my clients is not my place to, um at this point i don't feel that that's my place to there are a lot of places where you can learn and that's at everybody's time so i only talk about the things that i really know 
um, are digestible at this point in time, which is definitely what we eat, literally, and our emotions. So yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for staying on the show today. I really hope you found it interesting and informative and you get to know me a little bit better. And uh, well, if you like the episode, of course, as always, please like it, share it, review it. And uh, I hope to get in, to hear from you and I uh, can't wait for the next one. See you soon. Bye.